0: talking about the fact that uh, what's the definition of the word incubation or the term when you say incubate. Um, Incubation is the time period uh, that elapses between when, uh, let me first use an example, it's just like the uh, coronavirus they said is going all right in China now, and it has a 14 day incubation period. In other words, it takes 14 days after the body becomes uh, the host to that particular virus. It takes 14 days of it appearing dormant, which is inactive within the body. And then after 14 days, the symptoms now begin to show and it breaks out within the body. Now, when they say it is dormant, it actually is not inactive. What is going on, it's developing and growing until it gets to a point that it now moves from being within and starts becoming visible. And that same process is what happens when we incubate on our vision. In other words, first of all, an individual, has become a host. That is, they are retaining a particular thought, idea, dream, or vision that after some time will be given, will find expression in the life of that particular person. Now, if that virus is taken out of the body and exposed on the outside to sunlight, It is going to die after a very short period of time. So it is maintained inside the body until it has matured and developed the strength and power to give expression on the outside without any form of threat. In fact, to now start getting, or I transferring, all right, begin to contaminate other people. Now, so the vision also has that period. If it is prematurely exposed, then it cannot, right, the, the, it cannot, it cannot, what's the word to use now? Survive. Uh, the harshness and the toughness, all right, of external things. So it has to be kept away from external stuff until it has grown and matured to the point where And by that time, it becomes apparent where it can uh, survive all of those things. Now, so any vision that is kept within the heart and it's incubated upon within the heart and it grows and it develops without any person knowing to the point where the incubation process is mature And the vision now by itself begins to speak and the signs of it begin to appear on the outside of itself as a principle of growth and not the principle of somebody on the outside just trying to implement it. But on the Lord of growth, it develops until it starts showing forth itself that vision cannot fail. Many people fail because there is A premature exposure, which means the time it enters into the heart is when they, on the outside, want to do something about it. But they should do something about it, which is incubate on it and its work, and that is what you are to do until it grows and develops. So we've tagged this year the year of the quantum leaps, and therefore their experiences you shall be incubating upon that is not apparent at this particular point in time, but after some time, right, the landscape of your life begins to radically change according to the vision that is on the inside of you. Anything that is retained in the human heart and is not prematurely exposed and it is nurtured within the heart, and that nurturing means you are incubating upon it. And we want not explain what the steps of that are. All right? And you are incubating upon it and nurturing it in your heart. And the law of growth sets in. And every day, you can feel the progress within, even though it is not yet apparent on the outside. What you are getting now is the pleasure or the joy that comes as for the... Of, Uh, The joy that comes as a result of the growth of that particular thing that you can measure in your heart. You understand every day you are making progress. You are getting further, all right, on that course. And it is growing. It's not emptiness. It's something that is developing on the inside of you that is tangible but not yet visible. I repeat, it's growing and developing within you and you can monitor it. It is tangible on the inside, but is not yet visible on the outside. Now, if you allow that to get to that point and it reaches a certain level on the inside, then it begins to unfold on the outside and it cannot be stopped by any external force. But it starts with you deciding to be a host, all right, to that particular dream or vision. In other words, you have chosen that. I am going to be a host. Now, many people have not made that conscious decision. And I will explain this. Uh, The scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 6, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. It says, it is in a man's heart to devise its way, but it is the Lord that directed the steps of that particular person. So the human heart devises its way. The heart there captures what it wants to give expression to. As you are seated there, the heart is yearning for the fulfilment of certain things this year. We have named those things all right in experience. It will amount to quantum leaps. In other words, they are breakthrough experiences. Uh, there are things beyond anything you have experienced in the past. There are things that will startle people when they appear on the outside. But these are things that your heart is yearning for, that when they happen in your life and it happens, you go on your knees, right on that spot, and you start giving God thanks. Some of it will bring tears to your eyes, and you will cry and say, God, you have been good to me. That's what your heart is yearning for. But first of all, he's saying, Be a host to this particular thing. Accept that this thing will be fulfilled in and through you. Do not reject this particular thing. And many of us are still rejecting the dream that is on the inside because we cannot see how it will ever happen. And people don't want to get disappointed. They don't want to say, as it were, raise their hopes, they lower expectations. I mean, as they say, keep lowering expectation so that nobody is disappointed. So they lower expectation so that they don't get hurt. Because the scripture says, hope defied, make the heart sick. And they have had expectations in the past that didn't come to pass. And they know their hearts were broken by it. And they don't want to go through that particular emotional pain again. So they lower the expectations. And they choose not to be a host All right, so the dream and the vision that is there—it's kicking, it's yearning on the inside, but they are refusing to be a host. I mean, you can have things on the inside, and the body refuses to be a host to it, and that's what white blood corpuscles, or what we call white blood cells, do. Which means they fight against what they consider as foreign bodies within, uh, right, the being of that person. Anything they feel that it's Contrary to the well-being of that body, they go in and begin to fight. And many people within their hearts, that war is going on. They are refusing to accept the greatness that God wants to manifest within their lives. That they are created to be a reflection of some, of some aspect of God's wisdom that is far beyond human imagination. They are on this earth, alright, in them, death, alright, is abolished. The only things that are apparent, and this is what your heart is saying, is life and immortality. Life there means the way, which means the God kind of life. Who God is and essentially what he does is what should show forth in your life. You are separated from your mother's womb as his servant in whom he wants to glorify himself. Which means it becomes clear to everybody, this is nothing else but the finger of God. Even to the atheist, he says, I do not believe in the existence of God, but this thing that has just happened here is beyond imagination. I might not believe in miracles, but what I have just said is beyond any coincidence I've ever seen on this earth. There is something I need to re-examine my belief system based on what I have seen reflected within your life. So it's breaking boundaries, and that's what God wants to do. Wondrous things, things that will make people wonder. But the heart must first of all agree, all right, which means you must agree consciously to be a host to that particular thing. In other words, you are going to consciously leave with the fact that shortly this thing is going to become a present experience in your life. Let me repeat that. You are going to consciously leave. Every day, believing on the inside, all right, with the consciousness that this thing, right, is shortly going to manifest because it's a reality on the inner side of you. So with some people, foreign bodies there, things are fighting within to get it out. And why is that fight going on? Because, all right, the hearts there will only accept, all right, that something can happen in your life If it has already happened in the past, the way the human heart is, and that's what is called unbelief, no matter what you suggest to that person, it refuses to accept it unless it is something that it has already experienced in the past. And so there is that limitation there that is placed upon you because the heart has boundaries there. If it has not been experienced, then it finds it difficult to accept that it can ever happen. So you decide, in spite of that, to become a host to that particular thing. How do you become a host? Matthew 6 and verse 31. Jesus said, take no thought saying. The way you take a thought is by saying it. Right? Present continuous. Which means you accept a thought. It becomes part, you are a host to that particular thought when you start saying, not that you said it, but you start saying it. So once you write it out, the vision on the inside, as uh, on a sheet of paper, two or three paragraphs, I'll give you next week, I'm going to give you, all right, all the confessions next week, right, when we get into the practice now, all right, write it two or three paragraphs there, uh, describing what has happened in your life, which is this vision and you start saying it to yourself every day, and you start declaring it every day, then you have chosen there consciously to be a host there to retain it. In other words, there are some people that might have thought about flying, but the right brothers, at least, were the first to host that idea, to live with the consciousness that one day we are going to fly. And two, all right, continuously say it, until they discovered how that particular thing was going to happen. When the incubation period was complete, then they discovered how to do it on the outside, and then, it, and then we have the reality in our lives, all right, today. So you decide, all right, to be a host there, uh, and you don't reject it by writing it down and beginning to declare every single day that this is my present experience. You wake up in the morning and that's your first declaration, which means it enters into your consciousness. You go to sleep at night. Before you go, you declare it as your. You have chosen there to become a host to that particular thought and idea. Now, what causes it to reject it? We say if you have not experienced it in the past, then what happens is the heart finds it difficult. And so Satan understood that or he understands that, and he inspired uh, Pharaoh into a masterstroke on the nation of Israel. He said, look, it will be difficult for these people, I'm just paraphrasing, so become living host to any dream of being free from us, of building their own nation, if they can continuously experience over the years just one thing, that they are fetchers of water and hewers of wood. When they come to the point where, All of their experience is one of slavery. They will not be able to host, that's what he was saying, any idea of being masters. They will never be able to host any idea, all right, of being owners. They will not be able to enter into self-government. They won't be able to organize themselves. If we are not there, they will never be able to think, all right, and conceptualize life without us, giving them all of their handouts. And so your heart refuses to accept things that it hasn't experienced based on the experiences of the past. And what you've got to understand is the part of that heart there, which is called the subconscious, all right, which is what Paul calls the renewal of the spirit of your mind. That is the spirit of your mind or the subconscious realm records every event that has ever happened in your life. You may not be able to consciously remember, but it's a program that runs on the inside of you. Which means everybody that said you couldn't make it, it is right there on the inside. Every experience. So if somebody comes out of an experience where the parents were telling you that do you, do you, know, you know, asked for something, and then they programmed you by saying things like, do you know how difficult it is to get money? Do, do you think that money grows on trees? You, do you know how many years I worked for before I could get this amount of money? They are programming you that it takes this amount of years to get 50,000 naira. Are you following what They are programming that, listen, these are very difficult things. That money is a difficult thing to access. That once you go beyond this particular thing, if a person comes out of home where it was difficult for them to pay school fees, he now sees it as an uphill task. You are recording all of those things within your consciousness. You know, when we were young, we had a petty dog. And I remembered something that happened. Somebody used a broom to hit that dog there, and it was very painful, and the dog ran. And I remember that any time you pick up a broom, the dog just runs away from it. If you pick up an iron bar, bar, it doesn't run, but the memory of what happened there jumps in. So everything that you experience there, it is stored in that place, and the only thing that can remove it is the Word of God, sharper than any twedged sword can go into that place and change the configuration of your subconscious, and then you become a brand new person. You'll see life different, all right? And that's how you move a person from being a failure to being a success. From seeing and doing small things to seeing and doing big things, that they can recognize, all right, opportunity and all of that. So some of the things, even in church, that we call humility is inferiority complex. In other words, people see people and they just feel inferior to those people. And they call it humility there. So when they want to break out of that, then they get rebellious and get insultive. It's still inferiority complex trying to show that I can level with you by being insultive there, all right? Which means you insult somebody you feel, well, that, uh, you know, I go on Twitter now and I tweet something and I'm, I'm at level, at par with you. But it's still inferiority complex that is manifesting itself in the other form. In one form there, it, it subjects itself to humiliation. In the other form there, it becomes rebellious, but it's still coming, all right, from that same place. And so it's important. I mean, I remember once I was going to Benin City, and I was on a plane, and I met somebody who was a parent of someone in this church, or two people, it says my children, my daughter's come to your church. And so we got into a conversation, and and we really got into it when he told me that, uh, so I said, what was he doing? Why was he going to Benin? And he was working as a consultant, all right. He had a particular laboratory, I think it was only three of them in Africa that had it. He was doing major stuff right, and consulting for universities who so will go and help them to set up certain things there. And then he told me a story I will never, one of the most powerful things i ever heard in my life. He said, you know what, because I, I, when he said he finished in a particular department, I said, my mother's friend. She used to be a dean in that place. And I said, yeah, 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 uh, this person and that person. And, and we started talking, and he said, you know what happened to me? He said, I'm tell you this story. One of the most powerful things i ever heard in my life. Then I understood why God told Abraham, you have to get out of your father's house. All right, you cannot see where I'm going to without you getting out of your father's house there. And so what happened was that he said he got his first class, all right, in, in physics, and then he went back as a graduate assistant, was doing his master's, was lecturing. He said one of the old professors just came to me, he said, young man, he said, what? He said, get out of this place. He said, get out of this campus, resign, and go out and go and look for your life. I said to him, he said, why? He said, we will forever see you as a student. And forever, we will look down upon you. And he said, in that kind of environment, your potential will never be fulfilled. Leave this particular place because we'll always look at you as a student. Even when you are 60, we will call you our boy. And you will have that boy mentality if you don't get out of this place. Because they will see you as what? Children. Even when you are 65, it means you are my boy. Are you for there? All right? They still see you there. That's why some of you young men, you are inside your father's house. You are borrowing the key of the car, uh, daddy can give me car, fronting with a car that is not yours. It is time to leave that big house. Even if it's a boys' quarters, you can stay, stay in the boys' quarters. We're sorry, there's no more car, so you enter BRT. And if there is sun there, the sun will beat you. And as the sun is beating, sense will come back to you. Are you following what I'm saying here? But staying inside that place, you will get married from that place as a boy. And the more your wife will look at you and say, this is a boy. He has not grown up because he hasn't exposed himself to anything. The woman will be one facing the challenges in the house. You will just be sitting down and still be looking for something. But that's how the mind will be. So you have to get out of that familiar environment. Now it will be a wilderness walk for a while, all right. But then you will understand how to recognize, how to see things and all of that. So there's that thing that is embedded inside that when God drops the vision on the inside, the experiences of your life, which means common sense is sense that is common to people. In other words, the common experience of people, that's not a quantum leap. That's not a breakthrough experience. Few people have breakthrough experiences. Most people live, all right, in a regions of common sense. And common sense is a repetition of what has happened in the past, which means a ceiling has been set. And we don't go beyond that particular ceiling there. And so it starts out by you deciding, all right, to accept that vision that is on the inside of yourself. Write it out that these are the three, four things that I'm going to experience in these three, four areas of my life. And you take that thought, as it says there in the book of Matthew, saying, which means you get up in the morning and you start saying it. All right. In the afternoon, you'll take some time to say it. So right? I'd say, I'm a host of this particular thing. And, and nothing is going to eject this thing out of my being. I'll say it until it has taken root on the inside of me. So put up the chart here. I want to show the six steps, all right, in this incubation period. It starts out by, number one, put up the chart, all right, choosing to be a host, all right, for that dream and that vision, which means you now say, I'm going to be a host. Now, you are saying it, but let me tell you, you are saying it in doubts. Do you get what I'm saying? You are saying it even though there are many parts of your heart that is saying this thing cannot happen within your life. You are saying it, right, just start saying it. Uh, You don't even have to believe it first because you will not. If it is a quantum leap experience, if it is something you have never experienced in your life. The reason why David could face Goliath was based on his own experience. And he said, look, I have met with the bear, I've met with the lion. He could do it. Even the king, can you imagine? To show you that it's the experience of people that governs their life. The king said, all right, you can do it then. But the king didn't follow him. No soldier followed him. You go and fight by yourself because you are the one with the experience there. Right? They gave him the king's armor. He said, I have not experienced this. He took it off and used what he knew to do. Alright, but God said you can't become king by killing the bear and the lion. You must enter into another experience that you have never experienced before. So they kicked him out and that's where his whole world changed. Because all he knew was the love of his father. He understood the love, are you following what I'm here? The love of, of Saul. But now Saul was kicking him out. He found himself in a cave and that's where many people get lost and say what is going on. And that's God trying to bring you to the fulfillment of your vision where missing things have scattered in your life what is doing is breaking you out of that box all right you are out of the control you are out of you say well i lost my job i don't know i'm depressed because you have learned to depend on a salary at the end of the month
1: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 818 God bless you.
0: Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3. It's important here. Commit it. Put Proverbs 16 and 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord. And what God will do is establish your what? Thoughts. Because remember we said when you say it, your thoughts are everywhere. So now when you commit it to God, God comes to rectify what's going on in your thought life. So that you move from a place of thinking it cannot happen to a place you are fully persuaded it is about to happen. So he comes into the thought life to stabilize your thought life, to exchange old thoughts for new thoughts, to change the conversation, that conversation there, to move you from a place of just hope to a place of faith where you have the substance of what you have been saying. So you commit your works unto the Lord, and God comes right into your thought life. And what He wants to do is to start giving you the thought that will under God. In other words, for you to create an I- iPad here, so can you imagine back then, uh, people, can you imagine? This is, I mean, even when we, just 20 years ago, they say, well, you know, I see a day where there will be no Bibles. Page, do you know how? Do you know how blasphemous that kind of statement is back there? We won't have Bible. You won't have Bible. We won't carry Bible to church. We won't open Bible. What are you talking about? The Bible will be electronic electronically. How then do I mark my Bible? You'll be marking it electronically. <laughs> what? You mean my phone to be electronically? God, you drank something today. All right? That is, so, so do you know how it is? Now, that's how far your future is from what you're experiencing now. That's, by this time next year, you should be light years ahead of, not 12 months ahead, but light years ahead of now. But if you don't say it, you don't see it. So you have to start saying lightier things. Do you get what I'm saying here? Declaring quantum leap things. Then you go to God in prayer. Then God comes in and says, All right, I will establish your thoughts in this area. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, Be anxious, careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your what requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus. Now, when you get to that peace level, then you go into the creative space, which is this meditation. Whatever things are true, honest, things are lovely, of good report, any virtue, any praise, Think on these things. You are going there. Now, what are the things you are thinking on? You are thinking on the things that he gave you in answer to prayer. Now, I'll show this. Because in verse 7 here, it says, And the peace of God which passeth on understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. Now, what is this peace of God? Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I do what? Think towards you. Thoughts of what? Peace. And not of evil to do what? To give you an expected end. And then he says, it's prayer. Through prayer you are going to access these thoughts of peace. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you. He says, and you shall seek me and find me. When you search for the whole of your heart. So what he begins to bring are thoughts of peace. That's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Now, if we read it in the Amplified version, Philippians 4, 7, only in Amplified. So we can move on. All right, Philippians 4, 6, rather, in Amplified. It says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in, everything and, and in, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer, the word prayer there means worship in Greek, and what? Petition. Petition means definite requests. So don't assume God knows. Ask Him on specific things, right? With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known. Now, Jesus talked about importunity, which is continuity in prayer. Now, if you put Matthew 7, verse 7, Matthew 7 and verse 7, it says, ask and it shall be given, seek you shall find, knock and it shall be put. Now, you go and go and check any Greek direct translation, it reads like the Amplified. Ask and keep on asking which means it's continuous. Seek, keep seeking. Knock, keep knocking. That's why Paul said, I cease not to pray. I'm doing this. Now, what's going on? As you are praying there, all right, and praying, remember the path of a justice as a light that shineth brighter and brighter. God starts communicating his thoughts to you. When you get to a point that the thoughts have come. You know, David said, thy thoughts towards us cannot be numbered. When he pours those thoughts to a point where you have a peace that now passeth all understanding, that means you have received the answer of the prayer on the inside. You are no longer troubled about what you are saying. You have come to a place that you have the peace of God that passeth all understanding. You are, there's a flood tide of peace inside. First, you were saying, by this time, 12 months, and your heart was shaking. Now, God has interfered with the thoughts. He has changed what is going on on the inside, because the word of God is a two-edged sword. The center of thoughts, intent, is gone in there. Place these thoughts there, all right? Now, you have the first piece of God that passes. You say it now, and you are stable. Thus, God has worked in you both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. His work has gone. He's been shifting your heart. Now, so what happens is you're praying. How do you access those thoughts They're inside the Word of God? You pray and then you open up the Word of God now. There's incubation now. Now you are reading the Scriptures. You are reading the Scriptures. Now, what is supposed to happen? All right? And that's why there must be continuity in prayer and you press in. When you open the Word of God, the Word of God should start speaking to you about that situation. Now, if the Word of God is not speaking directly to you, you are reading the Bible, and after 30 minutes of reading, what do you, thou it? thou. I said I'm looking for where to live. Thou, 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 thou. All is vanity, thou. It means there's still a veil. When you shall turn to the Lord, the word, veil shall be removed. Okay? I'll show you what's going on. That veil has to be removed. That's why Daniel was there 21 days. That thing is removed. You now have a feast of our things. The Word of God is speaking to you continuously about it, ministering to you. Can you imagine you open the Word of God? Ian Bounce, a great man of prayer, said, to have prayed well is to have studied well. Can you imagine opening the Word of God and you are reading it? And every statement there is telling you about something going on in your life? There's a massive thing you are reaching for. Maybe you are bidding for a massive job and you are there. You know, somebody told me this on, on Wednesday. I was 10 percent on meditation in England. He said he saw somebody in church because we both know the person. And he said the man said I, he met with a billionaire. I said, How did you generate all this wealth? He said, When things shut down in my life, I take time away. And then, after some time, I conceive an idea that creates wealth for 20 years. He said it takes me time, some time to find it. But then I find an idea for 20 years, it creates wealth. I just implement it, and for 20, it says, what comes, opens a door. So you sit down, okay, and you start Looking at the world. Can you imagine the word of God telling you, you won't leave the world. You won't. If you entered into a place and there was somebody who was giving you counsel as to how you should do things, and every idea he gave you, you implemented it, something happened. Will you, 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 you will be itching to go and meet the person. Reading the Bible is not some religious thing they are saying you should do. That if you don't read your Bible, read your Bible, read, pray every day. All right? It's a conversation with God about your life. It is getting supernatural information from the Father. It's God talking to you about your life. It's Him telling you about your life. And so the thoughts begin to come. A time comes, and that's where growth starts every day. Which means every day your heart is improving, every day the level of assurance is growing. You know, every day, all right, every day you're on that kind of pathway. you are believing for something. There's an accumulation of thoughts towards the fulfillment of it. It's like you are building the house. You are arranging it. Somebody invites you now. Quickly, can you come to England? You know that if you go to England to destabilize all of your time of meditation and everything, you look at it and say, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. I cannot go. You say, what are you doing? It's not, they're not doing anything external. They don't want to disrupt the accumulation of that thought. Because that thing, Satan is trying to get you away from it. So he scatters that thing. By the time you come back after 10 days, the thought has gone down. Things God has even told you you are forgotten. Remember, he says, you can look at yourself in the mirror and forget what manner of man you are. When I travel, you put me in a hotel room. First thing I want to know is whether I have privacy. I tell people, it costs me more, but I always stay in a corner room. So it's window, window, window. So I can be saying what I want to say as I want to say it. Because over there, if there's, if there's a joining door, it has happened to me before. I was doing my declaration. The man just knocked. He said, what is this sound I'm hearing? I said, I apologize. I said, no, I've recorded it. I'm going to report to you for making sounds at 2 a.m. Now, when that is in you, you don't want to be that embarrassed again. So, you now, the way you say it at home, you can't say it again. It affects your anointing. Are you following what I'm saying? Destabilizes your rhythm. Alright? Because the work you are doing may not be out, but that's the real labor. Because you're making progress. You're getting close to it. It's just a case of Moses put up the rod. You move. You now drop the rod for, two day, for, for three weeks. You can lose all the grounds you've used three months to cover. So you want to sit still. All right? Sit still in different dimensions. So those thoughts, let me just quickly say, those thoughts come in. All right? Now, let me just cut in and close here. I'll just show something about these thoughts here. Now, these thoughts there, that's the genius of God. Then you, it's those thoughts you carry into the place of the practice of meditation, where you are transmitting that into practical values. But let me just show this here. You know when we say we are seeking God's face, you know, I'm seeking God. What you're really seeking for is the thoughts of God for what you're doing. So if you look at Isaiah chapter 55, let me just cut it here and close. And verse 6, this is what it's saying here. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. That's why when he starts seeking, he says, I want to change your thoughts. I want to change your ways. The way you are going about it is without the intuition of the Holy Ghost. It's not by perception, guesswork. You're just guessing. All right? You are just guessing. You know one businessman is close to a man of God in this country. He went to buy something in a bid. And I heard him say it. I was doing a business lecture. I said, oh boy, they taught this man. He was talking about recognition. He now just was talking, just talking, just said. He talked about praise and giving. Then he said, I've given you the key. But the point there was that he got into it. He said when it was time for the bid, he said, he just asked, who are the people bidding? When he heard the people bidding, somebody came and said, we've done feasibility results. He said, we don't need feasibility study. This one is bidding. This one is bidding. There's something here. I don't need feasibility study. There's something in this place. He said, you know, there's what you call chasing the shadow. And there's what you call recognition of substance. Without the eyes being opened, you are just doing shadow chasing. guesswork. what? You don't know what it actually you need to do to make it happen. So, he says, let the unrighteous forsake. Let them return to the Lord and he will have mercy. So, when he has mercy, he starts pouring out his thoughts. Now, look at verse 8. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, said Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than yours. Then he says, for as rain cometh down from heaven and snow and returneth a feather. So he was saying, when rain begins to fall in the realm of the spirit, my thoughts, all right, are coming into that person's heart. Now, if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 10, chapter 11 and verse 10, Deuteronomy chapter 11, it says this land... Whither thou goest to possess it is not as the land of Egypt. From whence thou came out, where you sowed your seed. Now, you see, there is your works. You put it out into the earth. You wanted to do this. And you watered it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. Now, when he's talking about with thy foot, he's saying with your own ideas, with your thoughts. Because look at what he's saying here. But the land which thou go to possess it, the difference is not in the seed you sowed, which is the work you are doing. But it's a land of valleys and hills that drinks of the what? The water of the what? Rain of heaven. So both of us are in the same business. But the thoughts and the ways in which I'm using it, I'm getting it directly from God. Now it says, all right, look at the last one. Look not before this. It says, now look the three words not before that. Verse 10. It says, with thy foot as a garden of what? Herbs. So when you are watering it with your food, which is just your natural mind, it produces something, which is called a garden of what? Herbs. So you get results. But God called it herbs. Now, but when he's drinking of the water of the rain of heaven, it's no longer a garden of herbs. What is it? Mark chapter 4 and verse thirty. It says the kingdom of God can be compared unto a grain of mustard seed. Where unto? How do we compare it? It says, it is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, which means when the idea was hosted, it was less than all the seeds that were there. When you are saying this thing, it was like nothing. But what's the difference? But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches. Why is it greater than the herbs? Because it's drinking of the water of the rain of heaven. Do you see what we're saying So this is what we're saying here, if you just can understand that this business or this work or this career I'm in, if I can get the reign of God, that's the thoughts of God into it, it will grow and become the strongest force in this nation, it will grow and become something global because, which means even the people in the world they are saying are excelling, it's just their natural mind they're bringing. You can't tell me, are you telling me that God, and I'm just telling you think about this. Then you look at life differently. Are you telling me that God is in heaven now and he doesn't know exactly what to do to wipe out coronavirus? You think God doesn't know how to bring about the combination to do it? But if God is going to show any man how to do it, any scientist how to do it, and get the vaccine that you inject to people and everything is wiped out from the earth, now you know that nations will buy that thing. China that has the most cash in the world, cash on ground, we pay any amount to have access to it. Massive wealth, transgenerational, comes into the hands of that person. But you know, whichever scientist will find it, must first host the idea that he will solve the problem. Do you get what I'm saying? Before God looks in your direction, you must first be saying, I am the one. Going to solve. Now, when you say it, then other things will come out. Chief, where did you say you finished? Where? University of Lagos, Akoka. MIT people have not solved. Harvard people are strong. Where, where is it? Akoka. Akoka. Have you checked ranking? You put on television, you hear sharp dudes. When they say things, you yourself say, What's happening here? They haven't solved it. You come out. I hope you understand when they say. There are giants in that land. You know, we look at it spiritual. I deal with the and parts. Chief, it's not spirit like that. It's that you went for a meeting. They said, let's go to Davos. You say you want to bid for a job. You get there. You saw the sea of Sony. You saw Bill Gates walking. You saw Magsukov Gov. Say we're interested in that. What was the name of your company? Adano Ventures. <laughs> As four of them working. Your friend says, oh boy, let's be going. Come, let's be going. You say, look. No, oh, come, let's be going. <laughs> Quantum Leap is not this one. <laughs> it's local Leap. This one is Leap. Please, please. See, but we have been saying, please, please, please. <laughs> Did you see who walked into that place? All right. What you're saying is there are what? Giants in that land. It's to complex. Now, for you to walk in with and, restaurant and be comfortable, a surgical operation has happened in your heart. I had a friend in school. We met somewhere, he said, and he's into sports. Ah, he told me, he said, you won't believe, all right? He does things, he said, I went here to this particular person, athlete. He said, ah, he just took me there. Next thing we saw, um, um, what was it? Um, he said, we, we got there, we, I just saw Thierry Henry, we saw this, we saw that, but we're all sitting. He said, I, I couldn't. The guy was like, what's your problem now? I thought you were comfortable. He said, ah, I said, oh boy. You didn't say this is where. You know, you even check yourself properly. <laughs> That's what they call what? Giants. Well, what you are talking is 100 million naira. You so saw him say, well, this $4 billion. <laughs> you tell the friend, let's be what? Going. <laughs> All right? That means your only experience of Michael Jordan was television. Air Jordan. In fact, you used to look at the sneakers when you were young. They said that's $357. You, what you were wearing was tennis shoes, you know, tennis. <laughs> then you are now sitting down. They say, You are, uh, you sit there, let us be what? Going. That we haven't come this far. We have
2: tried.
0: <laughs> when we get home, and we tell people we were in that meeting with Jordan, Michael Jordan, and we have photographs, we put it on Instagram, that's it. <laughs> that we even have Instagram, selfie is enough. He can take the deal. Selfie is <laughs> enough. Now it takes God changing the configuration of your being to become a different person. Are you following what I'm saying? Because let me tell you, if they take that external thing you're talking about and drop it, it will destroy you without having the thought life. It will wreck and ruin your life. So he wants to change it. And next week, we'll look into that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word and by the power of your spirit. I ask that you deepen this word on the inside of us. With all heads bowed and eyes closed. I just want to make one call here. If you are here this evening, this morning... And you are not filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, this means other things. But you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, which means we've talked predominantly about fellowshipping with the Spirit, living in the realm of the Spirit by the Holy Ghost. And you are here, and you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, and you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost so you can start interacting with God on a deeper dimension. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, just lift up your right hand where you are. Please, ushers, can you come into the congregation? Alright? Ushers, can you come so I can see because I can't see where I am? Alright? Anybody you want, God bless you for that hand. Any other person, God bless you for that hand. Okay? Any other person you want to get filled the Holy Ghost with evidence, God bless you for that hand. Alright. Those of you with your right hand up, with all heads bowed, I to just stand to your feet and I'll pray for you. And um, please, where's the altar call, person, please? Just stand to your feet. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this Once I ask by the power of the Spirit, whether they're coming to receive Jesus or to receive the Holy Spirit, I pray that every inhibition is removed out of their heart, that immediately they are prayed for, Lord. They will be baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.
0: like we talk about the uh, particular viral infection, right? Uh, The virus there. So, the virus gets into a person, and then 14 days elapses before the symptoms begin to show in the body of that particular person. Now, what has happened there is it's incubating in that particular individual. And then after the incubation is complete, and there is the growth and the maturing of that substance, then the symptoms now begin to appear within the body of that particular person. So it is that time period. Now if you take that virus out of the body, and you expose it to the sunlight on the outside, it will eventually die in a short period of time. So it needs to be within a body sheltered from the harsh environment where it can grow and develop. And once it gets to a certain stage, then it can now manifest itself and begin to spread all over. And so we've said that our vision and, uh, for the year shall go through the same process. There shouldn't be a premature exposure of any vision there because the vision is not yet in a form where it has matured enough to be able to handle uh, the harshness that is found within the environment so it has to grow and develop on the inside of that particular person and that if you allow it to grow and develop without being disclosed but you carry out all the activities you are supposed to carry out, and it grows and develops within you, by no effort on your own part will this particular vision now begin to materialize on the outside. I will say the reason why many people fail is that there is a premature exposure of the vision. In other words, it hasn't grown and matured to the point where it can be sustained and it can live and exist on the outside. So the first thing is, you have got to decide to be a host uh, to whatever vision and dream that is inside your heart. Some people have not made that decision. They haven't made that leap. In other words, their heart is suggesting certain things to them. Uh, Their heart is yearning for certain expressions. Uh, The thought uh, keeps coming up on the inside of them. If you ask them, what are the things? At the end of the year, if those things have happened in your life, or if those things suddenly happen, you will immediately, no matter where you are, fall on your knees and begin to give thanks unto God uh, for the fulfillment of those things with a deep feeling of pleasure and gratitude inside your heart. Uh, A feeling will overwhelm you that God is good, uh, that this particular thing has happened in your life. That is what your heart is craving for. And you must understand from Proverbs 16 and verse 9, it is the business of the human heart to devise the way of that particular person, which means that it, it yearns for something. The vision is on the inside of your heart. It is now God that directs your steps as to how it will come to pass. But it is your own heart that cries out for that particular vision to be fulfilled. So it's the yearning of your heart. Uh, So we've got to come to the point where we embrace what our heart is yearning for. Now we understand that it will involve a quantum leap happening in your life. In other words, there must be some major breakthrough. There must be something dramatic that changes the landscape of your life in order for that particular thing to happen. But that doesn't mean you should reject it. And many people, their heart, alright, is yearning for something, but then they are rejecting that particular thing. So they have not decided to become hosts, alright, to that thing. So the issue of even incubating... Uh, doesn't even come in because they are pushing it out. For example, uh, you have within the body, all right, white blood cells. If you're a medical person, leukocytes. I'm correct now. I'm correct now. I'm, I'm correct now. Telling the medical doctor, I wrote you because of you people here. Okay. He looked up as a pastor. <laughs> Where do you get that? All right. So, the white blood cells there, if it believes that something is a foreign body, and that it will cause harm to the body, begins to fight that particular thing, to eject it out of the body. That's why when a person, let's say, is recovering from malaria, they break out into a sweat. And when they begin to swear, the doctor says that, well, there's improvement because what is happening is that the cells are trying to push out the parasites out of the body. So they are looking for any outlet. So sometimes someone can be throwing up. They're trying to get the stuff out of the person. And so what I'm trying to say is that with some of us, right, we are the ones trying to eject the vision. Alright? That is, we are saying that this will disrupt our lives. We are not comfortable, alright, with that massive idea, with that big thing, with that vision. So, there is a warfare that is going on internally there, which means that parts of our hearts are even fighting and think of that thing as a foreign thing that shall be ejected out. So, there is no real conscious decision To become a host to that particular vision. So that decision has not been made. That I'm going to be a host to this particular vision. Now when you decide to host that vision, this is what you do. Jesus said, take no thought, say. Which means the minute you start saying it. As something that is an event that has occurred in your life as the state of your life right now, you have accepted that thought, and you have decided, like Abraham changed his name, and said, a father of many nations am I. So he began to say, my name is Abraham. He was hosting the idea. He had decided at that particular point, I am going to host this concept of becoming a father of many nations. And so, once you start saying it, So the first step to this is you write it out there and you start declaring it out of your lips. Uh, And you are saying it, all right, out of your lips. Now the reason why, there is a battle that is going on inside your heart. And let me say this, when you start saying it, that battle is still going on. There is still a warfare that is going on and the warfare is born as a result of the past experiences that you have had within your life. In other words, what the heart will accept as being possible is something that it has already experienced. If it has not experienced it, then it can never think it to be possible. So if in the past experiences, and that's what Pharaoh did to the children of Israel, that stopped an entire generation from going into the promised land, He said, let let us make them fetchers of water and hewers of wood. Let their experience be one of continuous slavery. Such that, when that concept or idea drops into their hearts from God, that they are to go into a land that flows with milk and honey, that they will be masters of themselves, that they will govern themselves, that they will be the ones that will be rulers in that land. They will just be unable to accept it because of the fact that they see themselves, or they will have seen themselves as being slaves by repeated experiences that we have put them through. So everything you experienced in your life was recorded in a part of your being that is termed your subconscious. Never forgot anything. And everything is there. That's why if somebody had an experience with a dog all right 45 years ago they see that same type of go dog something comes out all right now you can test it and i remember when we were young somebody we had a dog there and somebody used a broom to hit the dog and beat it and the dog was crying now if you take a stick and roti is just thinking about it later on the dog won't respond in fear but bring out a broom And the experience that he had with that broom kicks, alright, into place. And what happens is, it begins to run and it's afraid of that particular thing. So it becomes extremely difficult to accept that something will happen in your future if it hasn't happened in your past. That is the way the human heart functions. Until there is an intervention from God to change the order of your heart. Right? So what the heart is programmed to believe is what has already happened. So we find that David was able to confront Goliath because he had already had some experience with the bear and the lion. And even when Saul was told the experience of David, Saul accepted that it could happen for David, but not for him or any other person because, all right, it hadn't happened for them. So they said, David, you can go and fight. Because David narrated what had happened in his experience. So when people are born in certain conditions, and you have to be watchful about it. When you grow up in a place where they tell you that, you know, consistently. Maybe your parents said, do you know how hard it is to get money? Then money becomes a hard thing to get. Do you think that money grows on trees? Then you think that this thing is more difficult to get than it is. Alright? Do you, do you know how long I had to work to get this? Then you think you have to work that long to get that particular thing. When you grow up in a house where they don't pay school fees on time, then you are programmed also not to pay school fees on time. When money becomes difficult, when you see people fail and fail and fail in business, then that thing begins to... You record everything that happens within your environment and you internalize everything that happens within your environment. And so until that particular part of your heart is dealt with, and the only thing that can successfully deal with that is the word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword, that can penetrate into that place and change the configuration of your heart in a matter of days and wipe all that programming out and change the programming by the power of the Holy Ghost. Then you are released, all right, from the confinements that are within the heart into a new expression of life, all right, upon the earth. So it's only that way it can happen. So if a person sees themselves, all right, as being inferior to others, and 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 you have gone through continuous and that's why some of the things we call humility in church is inferiority complex in manifestation. In other words, the reason why people are talking that way is that they think that those things are out of their own reach. They see themselves as being inferior to those people. It is not even a matter of honor or is even not. And so when they want to break out of that thing, then they get rebellious. Because suddenly they see on the inside, no, I must be myself. So they start attacking people. So it goes from a place of being, all right, feeling inferior to a place where there's attack. There is no real balance in the middle there that comes as a result of the renewing of your mind. Let me tell you a story a father, a parent of of a child, all right, told me here. And he told me, his children, come here. And, and you know, when, when you are programmed, or I said this, so he told me a story. I was going to Benin, and we were together on the flight. And he just said, oh, the church said, I know you. He said, my daughter's come to your church. And so he said, well, I used to work in the but I finished there. I came out with the first class, and I went back. So I said, oh, I know Professor So?" And so he said, yeah, I know Professor ah, started talking. He said, let me tell you something that happened to me, how I got into what I'm doing now. And I think there are only three of them that do it on, in Africa. Massive thing, all right? Big laboratory he had built. Now he goes around as a consultant to universities all over Nigeria. He said, you know, I came out to the first class. I went back to the University of Ibadu. I was a graduate assistant. I was there doing my master's. He said, one wise professor called me. He said, come here, young man. He said, come here. He said, leave this place. He said, leave this environment. He said, I said, why? He said, leave this place. They said, you have been, you are our student, and no matter what you do, even when you are 60, you will still be our student. And you cannot progress. Now you understand why Abraham had to leave his father's house. You cannot make progress in this environment because we will always see you that way. Get out of this place. Now, the way people is not because of any fault of theirs. That's just the way they see you. I mean, I remember something. I mean, I'm a pastor. Thousands of people come to this church. But I remember when I went home and my sister came, we sat down at the table, we were eating. And my mother came in and said, children, I, I, what are you doing? you eating my food. Children. My father said, but they are not children. He said, they are children to me. And you can't change it. Because that's the way she sees you. Because when you are born, she can't, so she sees you that way. So you can be doing much of but that's the way she sees you. So if you are going to manifest your manhood, it can be before her. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because that's the way she sees you. Are you following what I'm saying here? That's why some of you old men that are still... When I say old men, you have left the age of being your father's house. Go and rent a boy's quarters. Be a man. Because if you're still there... Hey, daddy, daddy can I take your car? Mommy, can I? No, listen to me. You, you can't go far that way. Are you following what I'm saying here? It's better to be jumping... Now, they've moved the car. So, on BRT... <laughs> Alright? I, I don't know that. I don't to say that. Than to be saying that you cannot use your car do you get what i'm saying here let the sun beat sense into you okay all right and don't be under some false shadow are you following what i'm saying here? that's a word for somebody okay so it's important that you know you get out of that kind so if you are still in that kind of environment and that's the way they see you that's why god said get out of your father's house all right to so the land that i'll show you okay you have to get out of egypt to get into the promised land you, you have to be learn something else. We have to change the program right there in the wilderness there. So it starts with that particular vision and you start with this journey. And that's why we've called it a year of quantum leaps, which means that the vision exceeds anything you have experienced. It's beyond the regions of common sense. Because common sense is sense that is common, which is the common experiences of people. When you are going for a quantum leap, you are going for something that is not common to people. You are going for something that is dramatic, that is unusual, that will startle our right, people and raise the bar on what is possible for humanity there. So you decide to be a host to that particular thing. That's why it's a big decision. And so when you decide, you start declaring it. So you can understand the right brothers deciding that they were going to be the host. That one day we are going to fly. One day we are going to fly. One day we are going to fly. It was a strange, to other people a strange idea. One day we are going to fly. And they decided. And that decision comes when you write down your vision. And you make a commitment that you are going to every day, all right, routinely declare that particular thing as being fulfilled in your life. Now it's quantum leap, so various experiences has been fulfilled in your life that are beyond anything you have ever experienced as a person. but it is in line with the desire of your heart, which means that your heart wants that particular thing to be expressed within your life, and when you start declaring it, you don't believe. Now, there's a conviction about it, but you are not persuaded that it will happen in your life this year, but at least start saying it. Now, that's not the place. I will show when the persuasion comes. It doesn't come at the beginning, but you are saying it even though, all right, there is unbelief. Like the man said about his son, Lord, help my unbelief. And Jesus, he wanted his son to be healed jesus said if you believe all things are possible he said lord i believe but there's unbelief help my unbelief all right so there's some measure of unbelief even though on the inside there's that flicker there and there's a conviction all right concerning that particular thing right there and it's something there that is embedded in the consciousness of people i always say this and even this cycle has proven it to be true I was discussing, I mean, there are some things I discuss I won't say publicly. But I was talking to a friend yesterday, they we were talking about American politics, and I kept saying, African Americans don't realize that ba- President Barack Obama is not, an Afri- is not a black American. He is an African. His father did not go through slave trade. It is a different thing. Slavery is not in his DNA. His father did not. His father came from Kenya. That's why he did not trip. That's why he could believe that he could become the president of America. Once you go through slavery, I understand what they are saying. Something enters on the inside of you without you thinking that you are inferior. Are you following what I'm saying here? That you are I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just saying this, but I'm studying American politics. I mean, somebody came out recently that clearly, clearly from his voice, on tip, on tip. Is speaking in derogatory terms against African Americans and they are crossing a mass to go and vote for him in democratic election. Why? You must see yourself as being secondary to that person. And they say, Why? Because they feel he's going to win, and we must be on the winning side, which means you don't have the capacity to stand by yourself. It's a sign of something inside your consciousness. Are you following what I'm saying Something deep on the inside of you. And because he didn't have that inside him. I mean, I remember once in South Africa, we went somewhere, and and someone's telling me, no, someone told me here, and somebody went to sit somewhere in, in, in South Africa and sat in a particular place, and the waitress went to meet her. Someone told me to Georgia, her, her sister's right, and said, "Excuse me, ma'am." Said, "Yes." Are you a Nigerian? Said, "Yes." So only Nigerians will come and sit here. No black South African will try this. You people don't think that anybody dominates you. Are you following me? if we have never we were not colonized by anybody i wasn't born during colonization i don't know colonization nobody has colonized me nobody has done do you get what i'm saying here because jesus only can write the cult who no man has written nobody has ever dominated me i can't be dominated so you don't have that kind of attitude towards it are you, you follow what i'm saying here and many times what people are calling it's inferiority complex. That is talking about... So when they want to cross from that infrared complex, it's still infrared complex that is making sense. Like I shouted on the person. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? You can say it's infrared complex. I talked back. I tweeted. Called the person's name. It's inferiority complex. So, you start out by holding on to that vision. Now, let me put the chart here of the six things I want to talk about quickly. All right? So, the first thing we want to talk about here is host, alright, host The step one is deciding to be a host to that dream and that vision. In other words, it is written down somewhere in two or three paragraphs. Alright, I are declaring that it has come to pass in your life. Now, the second step is you now commit that particular thing to God in worship or through worship and prayer, that it's your petition. Now, this is where the internal process starts. The Bible says that if you pray in secret, alright, you'll be rewarded openly. So, this is something that is going on in secret. It's not an external thing. You entered into, alright, your house. You shut the door and you communicated to God concerning that. Through worship and petition. Now, the next thing we're going to say is that God will respond to you by causing his face to shine. And what he therefore does is that he sends his thoughts, which is the raw material for the creative process. So he sends his thoughts, which are raw material you will take into that creative space, where you will bring about the manifestation of that thing. Now the creative space now starts... By what you started with in the beginning, which is confessing that vision, now you have gotten raw material to bring about a realization of that vision. And what you now do is you mix that raw material God has given to you with that particular vision that you have been been declaring. The raw material brings you to a place where you'll be fully persuaded inside your heart that that particular vision will come to pass. When you started without the raw material, right, you were saying it, but it was beyond you. Which means that you saw the land afar off, right there. And you were saying it because you desired it, but you didn't believe on the inside that one day, shortly, you are going to be holding that particular thing. Then you went into the place of prayer unto God. We'll see this. God doesn't move on the outside first. For God is at work in you, both for you to will and to do inside you of his good will. So he causes his face to shine. The meaning of that is he sends... So when you seek the face of God about something, you get the thoughts of God, which is the raw material. Alright? So the person who said, or the right brothers that said, one day we are going to fly... The reason why we have the plane is that it's not just, I mean all the objects were there, all right but they got the raw material which is the thoughts to make that particular dream happen. And when they implemented those thoughts, then we have a plane that is flying. So, you take the thoughts of God and then you mix them there as a confessing vision, now you have the thought. The raw material is now not an issue of unbelief and what you are doing is that You transmute the thoughts into practical values. The word transmute is an old English word, which means convert it. So there is a conversion, all right, of that particular thing now into actual things that are happening. Thank you. psalm 13 and verse 1 or what it means to seek his faith. you can understand what david is saying here how long will thou forget me o lord forever how long will you do what hide your face from me so if you are troubled about something and you don't know how it will happen god you haven't seen the face of god concerning it He said, next verse, he said, look at what he said. How long will I take counsel in my soul? Which means looking for how it will be done by taking counsel in your soul and having sorrow in my heart daily. So people are sorrowful about things because they don't have God's thoughts concerning it. You get God's thoughts concerning it, peace comes, next thing is joy. How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Look at what it means to have his face. Consider and hear me. Which means don't hide your face from me. Lighten my what eyes? Lest I sleep the sleep of death. Which means cause light to end time to me concerning this particular thing. So in the place of prayer there, and this is what you do. The entrance of God's word giveth what? Light. So you go to God in prayer and listen, you open up the word of God. Because that's where the answer to your prayer is. And then you start reading the word of God. Now, what is called praying through? Because Satan knows that is the end once you have God's thoughts. So what the God of this world is doing is to try to stop you from coming in contact with the thoughts of God. Now, anybody that says, I'm in a hopeless situation, nobody's in a hopeless situation. You get God's thoughts concerning it, you know you are in the beginning of your life. What you don't have is God's thoughts. Any business or anything that stagnates is because the face of God is hidden from that thing. The minute you seek the face of God, the light of God, which means his thoughts begin to come. And once his thoughts begin to enter into you, your heart starts moving out of the place of unbelief. Two mistakes we made in the charismatic movement. We said faith comes by hearing, and then we said it doesn't come by prayer. Error one. Faith comes by hearing, we agree, but hearing comes by prayer. Which means it is in answer to prayer that revelation comes that imparts faith. You cannot get that faith without God imparting it on the inside of you. Faith requires no effort on your part. Once God begins to show you his face, immediately you are moving from a place of unbelief concerning that thing into the place of faith. That's why He says it is not of works. Alright, because it's a gift from God. So yes, you start by confessing it and your heart is not. That's why it's a confession of hope. But then as you go to the place of prayer... And then you pray. And when you get the release in prayer, you open the word of God. Ian Baum said, to have prayed well is to have studied well. Which means when you open the word of God, and you've prayed about that particular thing, the Bible starts talking to you. Scriptures will start speaking to you about that particular thing. That particular thing that you brought to God in prayer, the Bible will start speaking to you about it. God starts talking to you. If the Bible is not speaking back to you, you open this Bible and you are reading it, and you are getting bored, and you are not excited, and it's not speaking back to you, it's because the God of this world is still preventing that revelation from coming. That's what um, Daniel was saying. When he said, the angel came and said, the prince of Persia kept me back, so that you don't get skill and understanding from it. So once you begin to pray there, then the word of God begins to talk. And God begins to minister. So there is the desire to keep your eyes on the word. Because every time you look at it, the Bible is telling you something as to why and how it's going to happen. You are not reading your Bible out of guilt. You are reading your Bible because that is the only thing. The only person who is speaking perfect words of encouragement and explaining to you how it will happen that is the only document giving you the secrets as to how that thing will come to pass if you knew that you had audience with somebody who will be giving you counsel every day as to how something you'll be sitting down with the person you will wait for that person so you go there the holy ghost opens it up that's why it says when you shall turn to the lord the veil shall be taken away you're turned to be in prayer the veil is removed You open up the word of God, the thoughts of God begin to come. Peace begins to come into your heart concerning. Now the progression starts, alright, from moving away from the place of unbelief. Every day now you start declaring it. God reminds you of something. As you declare those things, you add those scriptures to your declaration now. Your heart starts moving to a place, right, where it starts getting assured that this thing that was far-fetched, you start seeing it in the word of god progress all right is coming on the inside of you two things we felt we felt that second corinthians chapter four when he says the god of israel blinded the minds of them that believe not we thought he was talking about unbelievers we thought that means i believe and therefore all right uh, so we didn't even think anything about it and stopped at that point now if we understood that that's why paul was praying That God will give the spirit of wisdom and religion and the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. So, if you start praying that and your eyes start getting enlightened. And your eyes start getting opened up by the knowledge of him. Then effortlessly, effortlessly. Yes, you are repeating what you are saying, but now the thoughts of God are coming in. You are coming to a place where you are fully persuaded. God is putting his own thoughts into your mind. And bringing about that change. Now, next we're talk about the fact how you go into meditation. How you now sit still with the thoughts of God. And you start repeating those thoughts as you start meditating. You shut the door. You sit down quietly and you are still. And what you want to do is to take in the thoughts of God on the inside. And, and digest those thoughts within your being. And allow your heart. And so the shift will begin to happen. You are moving into a place from being a caterpillar concerning that thing to becoming a butterfly concerning it. There is a transition that is going on. When that transition is complete on the inside, all right. remember it tells you, it tells you here, it says God is at work in you, both to do what? Will and to do of his own what? Good pleasure. So it tells you to do what? Next verse. It says, work out your what? Salvation. Put the next verse. Verse 14. Wherefore, my beloved, that's it. As you have always obeyed, not my present, but much more in my absence, work out your what? Salvation with fear and trembling. The next one. It says, for it is God that walketh where? In you. So, God works in you, and then you do what? You work it outside so the might of god is not first seen on the outside the might of god is seen on the inside of you that's why he will do exceedingly abundantly according to the power that has worked in you when that power has worked in you you know you have it before it manifests you are okay with life you listen to me you you are walking with your countenance there you know that you have arrived You know that. You know that. Now, how do you now work it out? It says you work it out with what? Fear and trembling. Now, that fear and trembling doesn't mean shaking. Do you understand this? Shaking. Shaking. And trembling. Shaking. And what? Trembling. Shaking. And trembling. All right? Because God is at work in you. Shaking and trembling psalm 2 verse 11 that's where paul got it from serve the lord with what fear and rejoice with what trembling that's how there is worship in other words when it is complete and there's peace remember the kingdom of god is what righteousness then it is what peace then it is what joy in other words the righteousness is your access to god in prayer God responds to it and gives you his thoughts. Peace. Then when you begin to rejoice, what are you going to have? Manifestation of what you have seen on the inside. That's the same thing the scripture says. You know that's where they got it from in Isaiah 33. It says, the Lord is the what? Judge. The Lord is the what? Lawgiver. And the Lord is the what? King. Judge. King. Judge. Lawgiver. King. Righteousness, peace, joy. God is the judge, which means you go up to God in prayer. And it's because people were seeking the face of God as to how they should govern themselves right, that while they opened up the Bible, because the veil was removed, they saw in the Bible, this is where they saw it. All woke people who don't know that civilization and democracy came out of the Judeo Christian faith, it came out of the church. Where did they get three arms of government? They got it from Isaiah 33. The Lord is the judge, judiciary. The Lord is the lawgiver, legislator. The Lord is the king, executive. That's where they got it from. Which means that when you want to restructure your business, God gives you scriptures. When the veil is removed, what somebody else doesn't see. You don't look at your story. Uh, you know the Bible says when the veil is still there, you are reading like Old Testament. When the veil is removed, judge. That's where you go in prayer. In answer to prayer, God said the law shall proceed from me. So he gives you his word concerning it. That the Bible says, he shall keep him in perfect peace, whose mind, alright, it says if you stay upon his law there, your mind will be in peace. Right? So when the law comes to you, it produces peace. Now, when do you see the kingly anointing of God? Start rejoicing. Start rejoicing, that's why the Bible says, and when Jehoshaphat began to rejoice, God set an ambushment. God goes to battle. Somewhere else he said, so as the person is rejoicing over that particular thing, rejoicing, rejoicing, then manifestation, God begins to order things on the outside. Are you following what I'm saying? And and if you look at this order here, I told the midweek service, the strongest here, the most powerful. You know people don't understand democracy. The most powerful is judiciary. That's the most powerful arm of government. Supreme Court. Supreme Court. If you don't know. Is the highest authority in the land. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court can sack a president. You don't know? Haven't you seen governors? <laughs> Are they not kings? If they, they Look. The king can have army. The, sup- the judges have gravel. Bomb, You're out. <laughs> Once they knock it, you are leaving the place. That's why, judi- that's why you can be corrupt on anything, but the judges must not be corrupt. Once the judiciary is corrupted, that's the end of that society. That's why when military takes over, they remove National Assembly. There's nothing like that. But they can't remove judges. Supreme Court remains. Nothing changes in the Supreme Court. Those judges still remain the way they are. You don't touch it. You touch judges as the end. Even the legislator that is given the law is subject to the interpretation of the judge. You can say this is it. He says, the way I saw it.
2: <laughs>
0: what you meant was this. What I thought you meant was this. This is the judgment. It's over. Ask any lawyer. So let me just close here. So you go up to God in prayer here. And this is what the church, we don't understand. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So, uh, let me just say, someone to me on But let me not talk about it. But you have to be involved. It's all nonsense. People don't You know, people behave like they're still under military government, they don't understand democracy. They don't understand the forces of democracy. If we bring somebody and we ask him a question and he answers the question, we are holding him accountable to what he says. It's not for us to cause you to implement it or not implement it. It's that we have given you the opportunity. Are you following what I'm saying? Here? So let me just close by saying this. So what happens here is that Isaiah 55, let's start from verse 6. Isaiah 55, Seek the Lord while he may be found. That you are seeking his face. Call upon him while he is near. Now what are you trying to get? His thoughts. Concerning it. Call upon him while he is near. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his what? Thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. To so God he will have pardoned. Verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, said the Lord, neither are my ways your ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, my ways and your ways. So he's talking about, then he goes on and says, For as the rain cometh down from heaven, so he's saying those thoughts of mine are like rain coming from heaven. So I want to close with this scripture. So you know where the distinction comes. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, or Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 10, now quickly look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 10. He says, for the land that you go to possess, it is not at the land of Egypt. Now, what's the difference between Egypt and the promised land? When you came out, you sowed your seed, and then you watered it with your foot. That's, that's how you watered it there. Alright? And it says, as a garden of what? Herbs. So you watered with your food, you sowed the seed, you watered with your food, the seed is your business, what you are doing, you sowed it or whatever it is, your family, alright, you watered it with your foot. that's your own, you see it's your own ideas, alright, and it came out as a garden of herbs. There was results for a garden of herbs. Now look at what it says in verse 11. But the land which thou go to possess is a land of hills and valleys that does what? Drinks of the water of the rain of what? Heaven. So, the difference is not the seed you put there, it's where the water is coming from. It's that, listen, the world is using their own ideas to cause things. God says, you can enter my intelligence. Now, look at what it says next part. It says, a land which the Lord God careth for, the eyes of the Lord are always upon it. From this wise Satan knows, just let them not touch me. I blind their minds. Let them keep thinking with their own minds to see how they can get out. But once they understand this, and my thoughts say that will be the end. It says, from the beginning of the year to the end of it. Now, so it's a garden of what helps. Now, let me close Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. Look at Mark 4 and verse 30. It says Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. Mark 4 30. And he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? And with what compares him shall we compare it? He goes on and says, it is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is what? Less than other seeds. Which means when you hosted that idea, it was insignificant. Less than other seeds. But look at what happened. Look at what I said too. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh what? Greater than all the world? Herbs. How did it become greater? The reign of heaven. What am I telling you? Everything the world is doing, and it's a very large extent, is herbs. What you call success is herbs growing from the earth, based on them using their minds to fuel their vision if the church can know how to get the reign of heaven, are you telling me right now as there's coronavirus, God doesn't have the thoughts to cure it? Please. 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 Why don't you just say healing meeting? Because that's the problem of the church. Healing meeting. It's just like saying we want to travel from here to London. And you say we will fly like Philip. Uh, you understand this? We we just get stuck on that. A person who is a scientist and a Christian will break into the thoughts of God and show how to find that antiviral thing that will remove that thing from the human body. That's the person will say, It is this con- are you saying that God is looking at it and God doesn't the Holy Ghost doesn't know what to do. This is why I've said, what is causing a problem in the church is laziness. Where you are praying for power to make it happen without going through your mind. This is the gospel that is causing that problem. Alright? And then when they put you before people who are using their minds on Garden of Herbs level, you have inferiority complex. They take you to Davos for a conference, say Davos child Davos. do you know who I saw Chai. sit down there you are looking for the chair sit down why because you don't see yourself as them do you think when he said there are giants in the land they were talking about spirits what they are saying is that they take you to go yeah, you want to bid for something you see the CEO of Sony. you see the CEO of uh, of uh, of, uh, of uh, Microsoft you see the CEO you, then you come with your own company Aluba they ask you ah, what? you can't even say it then you come out oh boy let's go home say so why? <laughs> oh boy let's be going let's, let's be going let's be going why? I said, let's be going. <laughs> Why? Let's be going. Boys, I am going to I beg, I beg, I beg. Stop. <laughs> we will live somewhere else. What are you saying? You are saying that there are what giants in that land. Now, for you to sit in that place and be comfortable, and sit. now you can imagine in your room, you get it. But you get to the place, you see them. You say, let's go home. You get there, and you are talking you are comfortable because the thoughts of God has come that's real transaction that's brilliance comes out of you you start talking they themselves take a seat say how come we've never met you you're brilliant brain where do you get these ideas from are you following what I'm saying not let's go I've told you (laughs) alright because that's coming from a place of what is called inferiority complex then. And that's because you grow up watching, reading magazines. That's what you are doing. Then suddenly you are there. And then you are looking at what's happening here. And so this is what God is looking for. And that's what Satan is blocking. You can say that's what he's doing. Because if that veil is opened, then all the secrets of the earth will be flowing into the minds of God's people. Game up. That's what Daniel knew. He said, Wait. He said, you had a dream, we are coming. You you don't know the dream, we'll tell you the dream and interpretation. We are coming. What did they do? They turned to God, the veil was removed. God showed them what happened, this is the solution, go back. We have the Holy Ghost inside. But you know what? We've been taught to look at ourselves as inferior. Let me tell you, it's in the consciousness of Christians. That's why people are running around looking for man of God to pray for them. Because they just don't believe That out of their own belly. Can't flow rivers of living water. I am telling you people don't believe it. And then when you see people that. Want to now look like they are free. They enter rebellion. Do you understand what I'm saying? They enter into the place of rebellion. So they are jumping from inferiority complex. To rebellion. That middle road. Of having God's thoughts. Changing your mind. Knowing that nothing is impossible to you you can be there let me tell you something my landlord told me was very wealthy man in this country when i went to renters i used to talk about men of god let me tell you what to me and i've never heard anybody said he turned down to me when they said listen to me stop talking that way he said everybody you look at today was once where you are if you keep talking this way you'll never get there because you can talk yourself into a fruity complex he said, "He told no human being has told me." He turned round. He said, "Stop talking." He used to call me Afafa. Stop talking like that. Everybody was once where you are. So you almost have a generation that is happening today. I, I've never said this before in my life. I've thought about it. A generation that when challenges come to us, we hand it over to the preceding generation because we think we are not capable of handling it. Until that generation goes, and then Christianity ends. Listen to me. You call a meeting. You say you want to do a conference today. First thing everybody's everybody is asking is this person, this person. As though the meeting cannot hold without people. Infernity complex. Same, let me just tell you what I'm saying here. In 1987, it was the same people that were in that meeting. Which means they had their own meeting. But you don't think you can have your own meeting with yourselves. And God will show up. Which means people have been programmed, all right, to think themselves as being inferior. Are you following what I'm saying? And so when you get to that point, all right, then you don't see yourself ever as an owner. You see yourself always as being subservient. Are you following what I'm saying? And that can only come doesn't come by rebellion, it comes by the renewal of your mind. Which means what am I saying? Attempting to do something that is impossible without the support of people you think you need. That's what Paul was saying. He said, When they saw the grace that was given unto me, they gave me the right hand of fellowship because they saw that he got something done without the support of anybody, they knew God was back in him. Now that the whole hall is silent, I have arrived at the end of the message. Father, we thank you for your word and by the power of your spirit, I ask that you establish us in this truth, expand it within our consciousness and bring great growth into our lives in Jesus' name.
2: Amen.
1: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.